A drip edge is kind of another watershedding tool. Hey, Sarah. I didn't realize you were joining us today. Here I am. This is 7 Minutes of BS. Building science. I'm Dan Morrison, editor of Pro Tradecraft, and this time we've got both Sarah Gray and Jonathan Smeagol with RDH Building Science Incorporated and Laboratories. Why don't you define it, Jonathan? So a drip edge is the leading edge of a flashing sill, overhang, or other linear horizontal building element designed to shed water. Yeah, and they're commonly found at enclosure details such as flashings, overhangs, or transition details between enclosure elements. Like where one type of siding meets another or at the base of a wall where siding sets above a water table band. Or where you have siding above brick. Oftentimes they'll have drip edges between floors and multi-family or multi-story buildings. Drip edge flashings often sit atop the architectural projections that we talked about in a different episode, taking the place of the saw kerf underneath. And we'll talk about that after we talk about the job description of drip edge. It's designed to shed water and minimize the concentration of water on the enclosure surface. Ideally, it sheds water away from the surface completely, but more realistically, some water will drip back onto the enclosure below, depending on the geometry of the drip edge, height from the ground, wind flow, and other variables. The surface tension of water allows it to spread out and really cover a surface, like a sheet. As water sheets down a wall and comes to where the siding ends and brick begins, for example, it fans out horizontally along that surface until it either finds a crack into the wall or drains off the building. Flashing at these joints keeps water from dumping into walls. The shape of the drip edge can keep it away from the outside too. Like Jonathan said, it won't push all the water away. But hopefully this drip edge still significantly reduces the load and concentration of water so we can avoid the typical cladding staining we see on so many claddings. Now, nobody likes stains on their siding or efflorescence on their brick. But the stains aren't really the problem. They're the result of a water problem that can cause a lot more and worse problems. In the worst case scenario, these concentrations of water on the surface of the cladding can lead to premature masonry failure, either by weathering and erosion of historic masonry systems, or by saturating the masonry in areas susceptible to freeze-thaw damage, causing spalling of the brick and failures of the mortar. It can also rot wood framing if it gets inside the wall. Right, again, water is public enemy number one to, to most or all building materials. So we want to keep water away from wood framing. Using a flashing to collect and direct it out and away. So what shape should the drip edge be? Any drip edge is better than no drip edge. However, the research at uh, our Waterloo lab- That would be us. Has shown that a good 45 degree angle at the bottom of that vertical face of metal really helps to shed water away and kick it out uh, away from the building. This research came from a forensic investigation into an architectural bloodbath. It was because of a case that we were involved with that included premature building failures, cracking masonry, that uh, we started to look into drip edge design and the performance in more detail. So the engineers built an apparatus. We built an apparatus for our lab that quantitatively measures how much water is shed off the surface of an enclosure below a drip edge system. The apparatus is basically a stack of gutters with small gaps at the top of each one for the water to dribble into. A known volume of water was applied to a specific drip edge profile above 
and then every six inches or so of wall surface below the drip edge, water can drain into a gutter. This way, they can measure exactly how much water was collected by the troughs on the wall and calculate how much water was actually shed away from the wall by the drip edge. By measuring the water in different troughs below the drip edge, we found how effective the drip edge design was at removing water from the surface and avoiding concentrations of water on the simulated cladding below the drip edge. They tested two shapes of drip edge with two versions of each shape. The four main drip edge profiles we looked at in our study were a vertical drip edge profile with and without a hemmed edge, and we looked at a 45 degree angle drip edge with and without a hemmed edge. They tested these four profiles at different overhang distances from the cladding system below. One of the most surprising findings was the impact of the hemmed edge on the bottom of the drip edge. What we observed was that on the hemmed edge, water would travel down the drip edge and be wicked back towards the surface of the cladding. The curve of the hem pulled water slightly back toward the wall instead of continuing to direct it away from the wall, like you'd expect. Because of the surface tension of the water flowing over the drip edge, the hemmed edge actually directed water back at the surface of the wall. The larger the radius of the hemmed edge, or the thicker the material, the greater the amount of water that was directed at the surface of the wall. And that's bad news for builders who've been trying to do the right thing by plunking down extra money for thicker metal, hemming it up nice and clean, only to get slapped in the face with physics. Correct. With thinner gauge metal, the radius of the bend on the hemmed edge was smaller, and therefore did not direct quite as much water back towards the surface of the wall. Some findings that were not surprising? As expected, overhangs that were further away from the wall surface performed better at shedding water from the wall surface. Drip edges that were closer to the wall had more water collected in the drainage troughs below the drip edge. So thicker metal is great, but if you hem the edge, it may be worth bumping the overhang out another inch or stepping down slightly to a thinner metal. Either way, an angled drip edge is better than one that just projects straight down. Some architects like to have a shallow angle because it looks prettier. However, our research has found that that's not as effective um, as a, a, a P45 Angle. Earlier, I said we'd talk about stone sills and saw curves, like the ones we talked about in the Architectural Projections podcast. And Jonathan plopped one more profile on the gutter box, a stone sill with a saw curve underneath. What we found was that this stone sill actually did a much better job at distributing the water horizontally, and the saw curve stopped the water from wicking back towards the surface of the enclosure, avoiding concentrations on the cladding below the drip edge. Concentrations of water on cladding is bad, but concentrating on facts is good because you get paid for what you do and what you know. Listening to this podcast is one thing you can do to know more. If you like this podcast, give it a thumbs up and positive review and share it with your peeps. I want to thank RDH Building Science for lending engineers to our show so enthusiastically and repeatedly. 7 Minutes of BS is a production of the SGC Horizon Media Network.